This morning, we are in Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is where we're going to be. Five short verses uh, this morning, but there's a lot in this psalm. Um, we're going to hopefully see three simple truths this morning in these five verses. But I want to start in, in this way. Um, language is a, is a funny thing. Um, I, got, I got kind of awakened to this phrase a couple of years ago, and it really bothered me when I heard it because it sounds grammatically incorrect. But the more I processed it, the more it made a ton of sense. Um, how many of you have more than one like Christmas celebration you attend? Like you go to multiple families' houses. All right, me, Pam, Tammy, that's it. <laughs> that's not true. I know you. Some of you have a bunch of Christmases, right? Or Thanksgivings. You go to these different events. You go to more than one. I heard this phrase a couple of years ago, and somebody said, hey, you know, we got to go to my aunt's house because we're going to go do Christmas. Do Christmas. That sounds really weird to me. Because Christmas, I believe, just happens. It exists. You don't have to act actively do it, right? That, that, that phrase sounded so strange to me. I've also heard people say, we've got to go do Thanksgiving, because there's multiple Thanksgivings, right? And you've got to pretend that somebody didn't have dressing that was better than somebody else's. Look, that phrase, the idea of doing Christmas or doing Thanksgiving was so odd to me. No, you don't do it, like it just, it just happens. The more I thought about it, though, the more it came to really bear that, wait a minute, this is what happens. People do go do Christmas. Now, Christmas happens. December 25th happens. We celebrate that. But we celebrate it actively. We celebrate it by doing. Specifically, Thanksgiving is something that we do. We celebrate it by doing it. Quite often, when we think of Thankfulness, like we're going to see in Psalm 100 today, we think of thankfulness as just this state of being. That I am thankful. That that's just a place where I am. It's something that I feel. It's something that is resonant within me. But the psalmist is going to show us and explain to us and help us see with these really strong imperatives that thanksgiving isn't just something that we feel. That thankfulness isn't just something we rest in or experience mentally or in our heart. But actually, we're meant to actively go and be thankful. That as Christians, we're meant to go do thanksgiving. Like it's an active thing that we're consistently called to. If you open your Bibles to Psalm 100 this morning, we're going to get to see these three truths. Number one, we're called to do thanksgiving. Thankfulness is not just something that we feel or think. It's actually something that we're called to do. There's an active sense of thankfulness for us. Second, we're going to see the reason for thanksgiving, the reason for giving thanks. And third, we're going to see the context of thanksgiving. What is the place? What's the arena? Where does this all flesh itself out? If I'm going to be this person of thankfulness, I'm going to express it and show it, and there's a reason for it, then what does it look like? Where does that take place? We're going to see all of these three things today as we read Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. This is Psalm 100. It says this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. 
It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of the Lord to which we say together. Thanks be to God. Psalm 100 is a psalm for giving thanks. The heading in your Bible probably says so. Right under it says his love endures forever. It probably says a psalm for giving thanks or a psalm of thanksgiving. We've looked at a number of psalms throughout this series. In, in, in the first week, we really tried to unpack Psalms 1 and 2, that this idea of blessed is the man, and so how really the focus of all the psalms is truly on Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the one who didn't just pray these psalms. They're about him. They're about his saving work. They're about his character, his glory, his love, his mercy, his compassion. That's what the Psalms are about. We looked after that in Psalm 8 and saw a psalm at the praise of creation. We looked into Psalm 73 and saw a psalm of wisdom. Psalm 23 and saw a psalm of trust. In Psalm 22, we saw a psalm of lament. And last week in Psalm 96, we got this picture of kingship, this recognition of God as king, as Lord, as sovereign over all creation. Psalm 100 is a psalm of thanks. In many ways, it arises and comes out of and is built into the context in the Psalter, in the book of Psalms, following what we looked at last week, 96, this this section that really celebrates God's kingship. But this morning, we look at Psalm 100, we see this beautiful expression of thanksgiving that we are meant to live in as Christians. Now, I don't know about you, but I probably find myself complaining more than I'd like to. Anybody else? Yeah. There's things that happen to us. There's things we experience. There's moments in life where we find ourselves wishing things could be different, desiring a different outcome, wanting it another way. And those moments occur. Those moments occur. The Psalter is familiar with this. All of these psalms in so many ways express and give us the freedom to say to God, God, I don't like this. God, this doesn't feel good. God, I'm not happy with this certain scenario or the experience I'm walking through. That's quite all right. God longs for us to bring the realities of our heart to him. But the deeper reality is that you and I are meant to be a people who are marked by, who are characterized by thankfulness. And more than just thankfulness as a feeling or a sentiment, actually people who are thankful in their action. When you look to these verses, this is what you're going to see. Some very clear calls to do thanksgiving. Look how the psalm begins. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. The idea of a joyful noise is to shout, is to exclaim, is to use a loud voice in a resounding way to shout to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know, enter, give thanks, bless. All of these words that that are embedded in this psalm are active and they're imperatives. 
There are things that you and I are called to do as believers. We are meant to be a people of action. We're meant to do thanksgiving. And here's what it looks like. Here's how we give thanks. We make a joyful noise to the Lord. We serve the Lord. We come into his presence. Even in verse 3, this idea of knowing is not just to, just to gain knowledge, but it's really about turning one's head and being aware of who God is and what he's done. When it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, this is active language. Give thanks to him, bless his name. I can think of these people in my life that I've met, these people in my life that I know, that are the people that I, 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 I wish I could be like, that I, long to, that I long to be around, that I want to just experience, and I want to have another cup of coffee, or I want to continue the conversation, I want to continue to, to hear their wisdom. I was thinking through this week about some of the people that are most influential voices in my life. People that I trust. Even voices that I don't know. Dead guys. Folks that wrote books. That tell us about what it looks like to walk with Christ and and how to live. You know, one of the greatest characteristics that all of those people have in common is this. Thankfulness just oozes out of them. It just oozes out of them. They're so aware of all of the blessings that God has given them that it transforms the people around them. That it causes people like me to look and say, God is so good. How am I missing it? How am I not seeing this? Sometimes we need the voice of others to help us understand who God is and what he's done for us. In so many ways, that's why the psalmist describes this thankfulness and this life of giving thanks actively in the context of corporate worship. He's describing this in the context of the church as a whole. He's describing a group of people like us. We're the kind of people that are meant to demonstrate how thankful we are for all that God has done for us. Here's a question for us this morning. If people looked at our lives, would they see us as people that are constantly expressing how thankful we are? Or would they see us as people who are perhaps ambitious for the next thing, The next thing, the next thing to make us happy, the next purchase, the next relationship, the next status symbol, the next title. Or would they see us as truly thankful? What does it look like to come to the place where you live in such a way where you're actively thankful, where you walk in these doors and you're blessing the name of the Lord and you're praising him? You're you're verbally demonstrating who God is and what he's done in your life. It doesn't say, 
wear a smile to the Lord. That's good. I love that. But he's talking about people coming to worship that are, are walking in the door that are excited about who God is and what he's done for them in Jesus Christ. And are we people that are doing thanksgiving? And if we're struggling in that area, if we're not there, how do we get there? What's the motivation? Look into verse 3 and you'll see this. The reason for thanksgiving. It says, know that the Lord, he is God. And look at this. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know how you get to the place where you're able to consistently do Thanksgiving? <laughs> where you live in such a way where, where, where you're actively thankful? This is not just a feeling you have. This is something that you're demonstrating. That your life is, is, is your, people see thankfulness as an overflow of who you are and they can't help but see it come out of you. It's when you know this, that the Lord is God. That it's he who made us and we are his. I don't know about you, but I have mornings when I wake up and I think I just have a life. And there's stuff to do. And it's really easy for me to forget sometimes if I don't cause myself to remember, if I don't preach the gospel to myself, to remember that this life I live in the body, it's not my own. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That I don't belong to myself ultimately, but that I belong to the Lord. There's deep hope there. And if I go to that place and I remember the eternal life that's been given to me. My day looks different. My perspective looks different. And I think my life looks different. It starts with knowing that the Lord is God. Knowing that He's God and I'm not. That sounds so simple to your ears. Say it to yourself tomorrow morning. Say it to yourself this evening before you lay your head down to sleep. Remember who you are and whose you are, that you belong to God. You actually belong to him. I have this thing that I do with our girls. We're, we're walking through, um, it's called the New City Catechism. It's, just, it's for kids. It's just this little catechism. It's these 52 questions that are, that are instructive in helping teaching children about the faith. And here's the first question. It says, what is our only hope in life and death? And if you, if you go outside and you grab Millie and Clover right now and you just point it at them directly in their face, put them on the spot, and say, what is our only hope in life and death? Both of them would say to you this, that we are not our own, but we belong to God. That we are not our own, but belong to God. Now, these are little bitty people. But they got to know this. They got to know this truth. You and I have to know this truth that we are not our own, but we belong to God. Know that He is God and that, look at this, it's He who made us. So He created us, but it doesn't stop there. We are His. We're His people, the sheep of His pasture. Remember Psalm 23? You know that Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. All the shepherd imagery that we find throughout the scriptures, not only in the psalm language and all of, all of the language we find in David, but also in John chapter 10 and Jesus' incredible teaching of who he is, that he is the good shepherd. He cares for us and we 
belong to him. This is the wellspring. This is the place from which all thankfulness comes. This is how Peter describes it. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. We'll have it on the screen, and you can see it. 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10 says this, But you are a chosen race. This is you. If you're in Christ, this is you and I. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for, look at this, his own possession. For his own possession. So you belong to God for this purpose, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at this. Look at how in verse 3 it says this. It is he who made us and we are his, we are his people. Look at what verse, verse 10 says. Once you were not a people. You were once not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thanks be to God. That we used to be not a people. That we didn't have identity. We didn't have hope. And yet now, in Christ, we're His. We're a people, but we're a people who belong to Him. This is the reason for thanksgiving. We belong to Him. Now look into verse 5 and see this as well. Who is it that we belong to? What's His character? Look at verse 5. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. You know that song we sang this morning, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, right? We sang those words this morning. It's it's a unique thing to say that out loud and to sing that out loud and confess that to one another. To say that he won't fail us. He won't. How do we know that? How can we sing that he's faithful to all generations? Because it's true. Because he's good. When you wonder if God can be faithful, if he's really good, when you begin to wonder and say, I don't know how to be thankful or where to be thankful. There's so much pain. There's so much strife. There's so much hurt in my life. There's confusion. When you feel those things or you sense those things, And you begin to ask yourself the question or ponder, is he good? Does his love endure? Will he be faithful to me? I know he's going to be faithful to generations, but will he be faithful to me? Look at Jesus. Look at the cross. Look at the empty tomb, and there's your answer. He is good. His love endures forever. How do we know that? Because the one who is love died for you and I. He rose on the third day. He lives forevermore. He is the steadfast love that endures forever. That's who Jesus is. And he's faithful to every generation, to you and me. That is reason for giving thanks, for actively living a life of thankfulness. So we're called to do thanksgiving. There's a reason for it in Christ Jesus. And look at number three, the context of thanksgiving. I alluded to this earlier. But when you see this passage, you see a couple things that are, that are unique, at least for us as we read it. There's this language of gates and courts. The psalmist is very much talking about 
coming to the temple and coming to praise the Lord. There are all these outer courts and gates, and there's these things that, that were before you got to the Holy of Holies, before you got to this place where the Lord was, where the priests would go, where the Levite priests would go in the temple. There are these courts and these outer courts and these places that were still meant to be places of worship. You know what he's talking about in this moment? He's talking about us. He's talking about what we're doing this morning. He's talking about the gathering of God's people at the temple, the place where people came to worship God. The psalmist is saying that there's a context for thanksgiving. That there's this place where thankfulness and thanksgiving takes place. And it's this. It's us. We're meant to not just feel thankful and be thankful, but go demonstrate how thankful we are by telling one another of who God is and what He's done for us. By letting others know actively of our thankfulness. Do you know what the easiest thing for us to do is this morning? It's for us to walk in here and get our coffee and come sit down and sing and pray and get up and leave. And treat this moment as if it's, I come here and I'm thankful just for me, and it's just me, and I'm thankful, and then I just go back out in, into my life. No, no, no. This is more than that. This is the place where we're meant to converse, where we're meant to interact with one another, where we're meant to be God's people. Once we were not a people, but now we are a people. And I don't know about you, but people are not meant to just file in here like ants and do our little one job or go experience our one thing and then get out. We're meant to be together. There's a context for thanksgiving. The courts, the gates, the praise, the place where we worship, it's meant to be here. There are all these empty chairs in this room. And they're usually up here at the front, and I get it, okay? I mean, we, we shower consistently, and yet still. Um, but look, there's all these empty chairs in here. You know, you, you know what dream and, and what hope I have in my heart? Is that one day these chairs won't be empty. That they'll be filled with people. And hear me very clearly. I don't just mean people because we want people or there's some sort of numeric value. No, no, no. But there will be people in these chairs who are thankful for who God is and what he's done for them in Christ Jesus. That they now have life when they didn't have life before. That they now are brought into a family of God where they recognize that once they weren't a people and now they're a people. How do we get there? How do we get to that place where people in this community, where our brothers and sisters, people in our neighborhood, people that, that we work with, people that we go to school with, fill these chairs? Do you know how we do that? We start doing Thanksgiving. We start being thankful. We become these people who thanks are just consistently so much on our lips. We recognize who God is that we can't stop talking about him. That we can't stop talking about what he's done to save us and redeem us and how he's loved us and how he's blessed us and how much, how much we love one another, how much we care about one another. And then people will come to see it. They'll come to see it first to say, is this, is this real? 
Do these people that all don't know each other and they live in different neighborhoods and they come from different places and different backgrounds and they like different stuff, they're all like, they want to be together? They want to be together? Yeah, because we have this one incredible thing in common. It's that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And we're thankful, and we can't help but say it and share it. The context for Thanksgiving is meant to be your life, wherever you find yourself. Absolutely, you're meant to be thankful in the workplace. You're meant to be thankful in Publix, right? You're meant to be thankful at Las Mesas today, where 80% of you will go to eat lunch. Be thankful in all those places, absolutely, but be thankful here. Let's express it here. Let's share with one another. Let's encourage one another that are part of God's family here to be thankful. We got an opportunity to do that very specifically this morning. We get to come to the Lord's table and celebrate how thankful we really are. I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving is a really special time, and it's a really amazing time. When I'm saying Thanksgiving, I mean the holiday. Thanksgiving is this incredible time where you gather with friends and family, and you express your thankfulness. And there's all this delicious food. But it's nothing like this. Because this morning, what you have before you, obviously, will likely not compared to the quantity of food that you eat at Thanksgiving. This is a meager piece of bread, and it is a small cup. But what it lacks in substantive quantity, it does not lack in quality. Because this is spiritual food. This is a tangible picture of the greatest demonstration of love that we could ever know. Christ's body given for us. The blood of the new covenant shed for us for the forgiveness, the very remission of our sins. This is the table of thanksgiving. And we do this pretty consistently here. Um, I've said this before, and, and it's, it probably just goes without saying, I don't know about you, but like, when I grew up, the Lord's Supper was a very somber moment. At times, a very contemplative moment. That is great. It is absolutely an opportunity to think on who God is and what He's done. At this table, we absolutely come to this table and we look up to the Lord. We look up to the Lord. But do not miss this, because the Apostle Paul doesn't. When you come to this table... You're meant to look around. You're meant to look in a horizontal way. You're meant to look at brothers and sisters and the people of God that you're a part of. You're meant to do that at this table. I cannot tell you enough and stress to you enough that, that I, man, I, look, I just know this, all right? This is true. Go read 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. This is, a, this is a meal that happens between people. This is the family of God eating. This is not like 
this weird buffet where you like come through and you get yours and then you go sit down and you be quiet. No, this is a, this is a meal. These are people that are celebrating what Christ has done together. So this morning, I'm going to just avidly encourage you to do this. I want you to take the opportunity this morning when you come to this table and to be thankful. You know that thing at Thanksgiving that your family would make you do? Where you'd go around the table and tell what you're thankful for? Whose favorite thing is that? Nobody's. Only mom. It's like mom's favorite thing. Everybody else does not love it. Oh, but this morning we're going to do it. Like, we're really going to do it. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we've already had a time of greeting, and I get it. There's that, I saw the meme this week, right? There's that block of time that the introvert prepares for church. It's from like, you know, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. They're preparing for the greeting time. And then at, at you know, 9.02, for like a minute and a half, there's the greeting time. And the rest of the day, they're recovering from having to like greet other people. I know that some of you, I know it is. But this morning, let's, let's take an opportunity together to look at one another. There might be people in this room, you just want to go tell them, I'm thankful for you. I love you. I'm thankful for who you are and what you meant to me. I'm thankful for your encouragement. There might be people around you that you don't know. And you're going to look at each other like, I know he told us to say something, but we could just both not do it and then we can be okay with it. We can make a deal here, Right? <laughs> Tell the person that you're thankful for them, that God's brought them here. Come to this table with them and celebrate together and receive this good news. That Christ has died, that Christ has risen, and that Christ will come again. So as Paxton comes this morning to serve, as Ben comes this morning to serve uh, and serve communion, look, here's what I'd love for you to do. I'd love for you to take a moment. We're going to pray in a moment, but let's stand together. And we're going to pray, and look, I'd love for us to just have a family moment, like a Thanksgiving moment where we look at one another, we, we find another person in this room, we tell them how much we love them, how much we're, we're thankful for them. And we let Thanksgiving be something that happens in the context of the people of God. Who could be more thankful than us? We once were not a people, and now we're a people. Thanks be to God. If you will, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come to this table Father, and we celebrate what truly you ordained for us. That the Lord Jesus, your son, the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And we had given it, given thanks. He broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, that this morning is for us. In the same way, Lord, he took the cup saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood. So often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And Father, we know that as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, until he comes again. Father, we we do not deserve your love your grace your mercy and yet it endures forever you have been faithful to every generation including us you always will be this morning let us express and live that with thankful hearts
calls, Father, this church, this place, this people that is yours to be ones who are thankful to your glory. In Christ's name, amen.